I can do what I wanna and make you a believer. Here you say I. From stadium to street corner, I make you a believer. Make you say I. And I can do what I wanna. And I can do what I wanna. And I can do what I wanna. Make you a believer. Here you say I. That little kid get a pass. He do it on the field and he. Hey, welcome to the Hockey is for Everybody podcast. I am your uh, co-host, Anthony Walsh, and I'm here with Kendall Bullen-Porter, and we're going to discuss a little bit about the Minneapolis uh, Park League, the North Common Pullers in particular, and our experience coaching there, and then the Joy of the Pond, which is a event that's put on by Fortis Academy and Josh Levine on the 28th at St. Louis Park Skating uh, Facility, and then at 11.5, the Minneapolis Titans have a Learn to Skate, where you just show up and uh, you get on the ice, and then... The little Spartan hockey camp is on 11-5 as well, and that's a learn to skate. And you just show up, and uh, you learn how to skate. So we can't wait to get to uh, those little things. And then we have an incredible guest. Nikki Nightingale is in studio, and uh, we will get to that after. So thank you so much for your time, and we can't wait to bring you this incredible show. And Anthony and Kendall, thank you for having me, Peter Adney from YHH, sitting in for Tony Scott today. I'm excited to get a firsthand look at what the Hockey Is For Everyone podcast looks like, and I'm going to facilitate a little bit of banter. We were talking off air about this Minneapolis Park League, and I've never heard of it. And I don't want to pat myself on the back too hard here, but I feel like I'm as plugged into the youth hockey scene as anybody. So, if I've never heard of something, it is way underground. So let's bring this thing up to street level. Anthony, why don't you tell me a little bit about this Minneapolis Park League? You know, honestly, I think Kendall should probably start us off. He was the director of the program, and uh, uh, the only reason I ended up coaching there was because uh, of Coach Kendall. So Wow, I apologize. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Kendall. I went right <laughs> over your head. Oh, not a problem. Yeah, I, I got involved with it uh, last year. Um, actually, I... Last podcast guest, Jeff, um, he introduced me to uh, Pastor Dale. Uh, he's a pastor at uh, St. Olaf Lutheran Church in North Minneapolis. Uh, and him and a collection of a few other men uh, started a program um, called uh, what is it? New Directions. New, New Directions, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, and it was just a program to get uh, you know kids from the neighborhood in North Minneapolis and uh Involved in something a little different, uh, hockey, the sport of hockey. Um, there's a rink, you know, about five minutes away from the um, from the church, North Commons Community Center. So uh, that's the rink we play out of. It's actually the Park League of Minneapolis that um, is kind of partnership with New Direction. So they get kids from the church and kids in the community uh, that go to the church to play for this North Commons Community Center. So that's that's kind of the background of it. Is, is that outdoor ice? It is outdoor. Okay, I think we outdoor. have maybe two games a year indoor, but the rest <laughs> are outdoor. So. Do those kids treat those indoor games like the Stanley Cup? Oh, yeah. they love like, It's the, a big yeah. deal. We got a roof over our heads. There's a Zamboni. Exactly. Yep. I, so. we, we organize at YHH, obviously, mm-hmm. and it's hard enough to organize when everybody's on the same page and everybody's been doing this for years and years. It, it is hard to get a Bantam team to show up on right. time. What's it like trying to get families that maybe aren't used to the rigor, the time that it takes to get ready for hockey? What's that like trying to organize everybody and make sure everybody shows up on time and you can pull off your events? Right. That is tough. Uh, a lot of communication between, you know, parents and coaches. Uh, but, you know, I think last year we did a good job of, you know, trying to get 
because we do play outside, uh, you know, because of weather. There was a lot of games, you know, that we couldn't uh, even play or, you know, canceled or moved dates or whatever. But, uh, you know, a lot of credit to the parents uh, being on top of things. You know, we try to get out the message as quickly as possible. But, yeah, a lot of credit goes out to the parents, you know, that we had in the program because, they, you know, they were awesome about changes, you know, uh, getting calls at, you know, random times telling them, you know, something's canceled or move a different date. But, uh, you know, they were great about that, and we didn't have too many problems. But, uh, you know, they were all flexible and, you know, worked with us. So it, yeah, it I think Pastor Dale, too, um, and Kendall um, did a lot of driving, and then I did myself some driving as well where we had to get kids to and from the rink. We did uh, – our games were majority outside, but we had a lot of practice at Northeast Edison – so okay. we had a lot of kids. They still have ice in there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They actually just had a new, the NHL oh, came down and um, helped open up a new training facility. They have like an indoor no training facility kidding. now. Yeah. It's, okay. Uh, and I, and I haven't, that was last week. I haven't been over there yet to see it, but super cool, um, you know, opportunity and, you know, stuff there. So yeah, it's really cool. Like we get the kids, you know, to and from, right. Some of the kids are, you know, able to get dropped off by their parents and picked up and we, you know, love that, but the kids that can as well, we are able to co- accommodate that and get them to and from the ring. So, I mean, it, uh, you know, takes a little bit of time, but, we you know, it's always worth it, you know, to get them to and from. So, we love doing that, and again, shout out to Pastor Dale, shout out to Kendall, we did a lot of driving, um, you know, last year as well. Is yeah. Pastor Dale kind of, I've never heard of Pastor Dale either, is mm-hmm. he a, a pillar of the community, not just in hockey, does he organize food drives and clothing drives and all that? Yeah, he, he's a big pillar over in North, uh, just with organizing different things, he runs a lot of different uh, youth groups. Hockey is just one kind of portion of it, and he does a lot of different events with the kids, uh, taking them skiing, doing d- a lot of different things, you know, they might have not been introduced to or had the opportunity to do yet. Um, he takes them to do. So, yeah, they have a lot of different things going on over there at the at the church. So, yeah, he's been a big, big uh, role model for a lot of people over on that side, yeah. What kind of advantage is that, having somebody who's so well-known in the community outside of hockey? What kind of advantage is that to have somebody like that where people are like, oh, Pastor Dale's involved? I'm in. Whereas you two might not be as well-known to the kids in the neighborhood. They know if Pastor Dale's at the rink, then I'll be at the rink. Right. Yeah, it's a pretty cool opportunity there. I think recently, um, so we're on the Hockey Everybody podcast, which had been kind of a spinoff on the book that I had. And when I was talking to somebody about that and had mentioned what I was doing with North Commons and they had mentioned, they're like, oh, my God, like you said, oh, you know, didn't Pastor Dale start that? And, oh, I went on a biking trip with him, you know, they organized for charity like 20 years ago. And <laughs> so then I ended up asking Pastor Dale about it, and he was like, oh, my God, I, I remember that guy, you know, 100%. And then also I remember that trip and talked a little bit about, you know, the intricacies of that. So, I mean, yeah, he's he's been a pillar of the community, and I just really, I wanted to get, give a shout-out to him. You know, he's doing a lot of good work and, um, you know, kind of, again, if the kids can't get to the rink or something, like, he's making sure they get there, you know, he'll himself pick them up, he'll drop them off, and same with Coach Kendall and, you know, uh, everybody else in the organization, but that's how we, you know, make sure that we're getting those numbers to grow because, um, you know, there's no reason why anybody can't play this game, right? You know, if there's an equipment issue, we'll, get, you know, break that barrier down. If it's money, we'll break it down. Transportation will break that down. You know, we have a uh, you know, not any policies in place, but, you know, we take zero tolerance very seriously, right? We're a very diverse team. We have people from all socioeconomic backgrounds, races, creeds. So, um, you know, it's a beautiful thing to have them all come together. And we really are seeing um, that reduction of fear in the community and more uh, building up uh, cross-culturally with relationships. 
So we're really excited about that. That's fantastic. You want people all over North Minneapolis saying, I'll see you at the rink and knowing yeah, who their neighbors are and you know, putting faces with names. Okay, tell me about winning the league. What, it's nice to talk about all the things that it can do for the community, but what's it like to see all that pay off and win? Because I feel like for kids, that's, that is the biggest driver of coming back is if they're successful at something. Right. If you get a kid, no matter how often you drive them to the rink, if they lose every game, they're not going to want to come back. Right. So is winning part of it? Winning has to be part of it. Yeah. Can I take this one just really yeah, quick? Okay. So um, I was working with Pastor Dale this summer. And um, gosh, I feel like we might be called the Pastor Dale podcast. No, but um, I, was working with him. <laughs> I was working with him this summer. Um, and we were at the North Y and we were doing um, – this, uh, you know, an event for floor hockey, right, to get kids involved. And um, so kind of two spinoffs here from that. One, there was a kid named King that participated in that. He went on to skate in the um, little wild skate and then the um, try hockey for free that they had as well. And now he's playing hockey and his, you know, grandmother has reached out to be like, you know, this is an incredible thing. So young black man, um, a young black kid named King now playing hockey because of those things. Also following that, um, we... Uh, we're doing a little reading with the kids, and when Pastor Dale um, introduced me, he introduced me as a coach of the North Common Polars, um, and this young kid who, he goes, oh, no way, you guys won a championship last year. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, seriously, and it was the coolest, you know, feeling because it was like, wow, like, right, like, you know, now, you know, Pastor Dale was able to say, oh, yeah, wow, like, you know, you, that could be you, you know, like, if you try hockey, right, you get on some skates, and, you know, this was a younger kid, right, you know, and he could have started right then and there, and maybe he did, and you know, but that kind of representation, I think, is what really matters. So, you know, those are those kind of reactions, right? You know, winning is, uh, you know, it's fun, it's important, you know, for that reason. But, like, you know, yeah, that kid was able to see our picture up, right? You know, he knew that that's who we were because he saw that those kids had that, you know, success, you know, going through the year. Uh, so, finally, yeah. I don't know, but, Kendall, what do you think? Yeah. No, I think it, it played a, you know, big role in it. Not, not even necessarily just the winning, but just, uh, you know, all these – Kids, a lot of them started kind of out, you know, from a clean slate. None of them has skated or anything. And, you know, they they all go to church every week with each other, do youth groups. So, you know, they're young boys, very competitive. So, you know, with the clean slate, they're all, you know, pushing each other. Oh, you know, in the van on the way to the games, they're saying, oh, like, who's going to score it today or you know, if we, I score four goals today, like, you owe me this or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I spent a lot of money, honestly, uh, buying treats and stuff after games because, uh, uh, no, they did they did a great job pushing each other, honestly, and having fun with it. And, you know, by the end of the year, I, I forgot what I got them. They wanted something because one of them had the most goals and someone else had the most assists, so – uh, yeah, they had a lot of fun just competing with each other, and, you know, it's a, it was a new game, so it's like, you know, starting from scratch and, you know, all of them improving. You know, some of them could hardly skate at the beginning of the year, and then, you know, by the end of it, they were, you know, top goal scorers on the team. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun coaching them and you know, seeing them push each other and stuff. So. Well, it sounds like a blast. How can people learn more about this Park League? Is there a website? Are you guys on the Twitter or the TikTok or anything? Yes. Uh, I believe you can uh, look it up, Minneapolis, like Park League Hockey. I think it's just on the uh, part of the Park Board uh, Community Centers. And, you know, if you don't join North Commons, our, you know, our team, there are Hiawatha and, you know, four other teams that you can join. So, we, you know, we just love to see anyone 
continue to build the league and get more numbers out there. So Yeah, and we'll have our first skate at the Northeast Arena. That'll be at 6 p.m. Monday, November 7th. And uh, kind of uh, – so we have a registration uh, checkout that happens for gear and everything, and the first one for that is November 2nd, and that is from 6 to 8. The second one at uh, from that is November 5th from 10.15 to 1 p.m., and then – Every Wednesday from 6 to 8 after that, we will have equipment registration. So, um, yeah, we're very looking very forward again to, um, you know, having a great season. If you're out in that area, please, you know, come out. And there's a few other, you know, learn to skate options in the Minneapolis area, in SLP, and also in Richfield. So, yeah, please, you know, hockey is for everybody. Um, skating is for everybody. And uh, we hope to see you at the rink. Yeah, we hope to see you at the rink. And speaking of rinks, you're going to talk to somebody who has spent a heck of a lot of time in rinks and a heck of a lot of time dominating in rinks, Nikki Nightingale. So I'm going to get out of the way. You guys are in charge from now on, and you're going to have a fantastic time with Nikki. Thank you so much. So we're here now with our much-awaited guest. Uh, So excited. We have Nikki Nightingale in studio. Nikki, how are you in the day? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yes, yes. So, Kendall, uh, well, so first, I mean, introduction, right? Like, Nikki is an incredible um, hockey player. We have our first uh, professional athlete in the house. Uh, she might not claim that to be herself, but she is indeed getting paid to play hockey. So uh, that's what we're going <laughs> to classify that as. And PWHA, uh, a player for the Sonnet, and also had uh, an absolute standout at Augsburg and then a Bloomington Jefferson standout as well. So thank you for again for being in studio. Uh, just really quick, I guess, right, we have a podcast about hockey. Uh, you know, how did you start playing hockey? Because I do understand that you figure skated at first. Yep, I figure skated for maybe a year. And then my one of my brothers played hockey. And so after, so I used to skate for, with one of those helmets. It was a gold helmet, but it didn't have a cage on there. <laughs> and so after my figure skating, I told my mom, I said, when am I going to get my cage? And then, because I really wanted to be like my brother and play hockey, and so then that's how it all started. Yeah, and was uh, Sinbad Media, was she okay with that or what? Yeah, she was. Okay. I, I think she kind of, because she started me in ballet and figure skating, then she realized that I was such a tomboy when I was a kid, and she was like, yeah, that's not you. So <laughs> it, it kind of makes sense. Okay, okay. So I understand that you also were premature and we talked about that does that put a chip on your shoulder right you know you have your younger brother your older brother's here now like here you are already coming out right maybe you're a little bit smaller not now obviously very robust you're very strong but um you know you talk about a beaten up right a lot of nosebleeds like how does how does that work yeah so two older brothers they definitely weren't taking it easy on their little (laughs) sister not being protective at all (laughs) um I mean, I'm very competitive mm-hmm. as a person in general, and I always wanted to do what my brothers were doing. Um, so even if I was horrible at whatever sport we were all playing, I still kept going in there. But, you know, they would beat me up every now and then, toughen me up, have to. Um, definitely a lot of nosebleeds. I have a chipped front tooth. So, you know, I got a lot, <laughs> a lot going on, but it made me who I am today, so... I guess I can thank them a little bit, but not too much. Yeah. Okay. Ho- hockey player mentality. <clears throat> thank you. Shout out to the brothers. Yeah. I always got to ask, were you guys like a hockey family growing up? Were your parents like, you know, big hockey fans or how did that start? Yeah. So uh, 
my grandpa, my dad's side, played hockey, mm-hmm. but my dad didn't. And then my mom always says that she would play hockey if there were girls hockey back then, but I don't know if I believe that. (laughs) But so she was always a hockey fan, Mm -hmm. um, especially. So she went to Jefferson High School back when they were winning state championships. So they were always big fans of that. So she would go to those. But yeah, so they were kind of fans of it, but nobody Mm -hmm. ever really played until my brother played um, because we were from California. It's where we were born. And then moving here, you know, it's a rite of passage to play hockey. So my <laughs> brother started playing hockey. Yep. And then, yeah, my oldest brother, he ended up playing basketball, baseball, and football. Okay. But he would get dragged along to all of our hockey, hockey stuff, stuff, too. Yeah. yeah, so. Wait, how did DJ start playing hockey? Just really quick. Honestly, I think it was just friends. Okay. I think he just kind of was everybody in the neighborhood, everybody – that went to school playing hockey, and so yeah. then he ended up playing hockey too. Yeah, that's what happened to you, kind of, kind of, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, okay, so Bloomington Jefferson uh, hockey, right, or just in general, like, tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, so when I was younger, I played with the boys up until uh, Pee Wee's because Pee Wee's at that time was checking, and my mom was like, "You're gonna get hurt. You're too small. You're not doing that." So then I went over to girls, did U12s for a couple years. And then we had an opportunity to do U14s, but it was kind of a smaller team. Would have been the same, basically, as my U12 team. Um, so we decided to just split. And for all of us eighth graders, we played the high school teams. Right. Um, at that time, it was Bloomington, Jefferson, and Kennedy. Okay. But then I think my sophomore year, we combined. So we had just everybody was under Jefferson, but Kennedy and Jefferson were combined. So it was kind of fun playing with those girls that I played U12s with again. But, right. yeah, I mean, we weren't a Edina powerhouse like some people around here. Oh, but. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, so you started playing forward, right? And then all of a sudden you transitioned to defense. So what happened there? Yeah, so I think when I was younger um, it was more like obviously everybody wants to score goals, so I was playing forward. Mm-hmm. Didn't score much, so it's okay. <laughs> but I can relate. No, <laughs> <laughs> And then I switched to defense, I think mainly because I was a decent skater going backwards. So I think they kind of just stick whoever can skate backwards back there. But then I kind of fell in love with it. It was kind of fun, um, especially, I think, growing up, knowing that we were able to still score as defense. You can still rush the puck up. Right. Back then it was a lot of, like, stay at home. Like, that was kind of the main thing. But mm-hmm. now that you can do both, in a sense, I think, defense is the best spot for me so Mm. high school I played both but then even up to my senior year I played forward and defense but at Augsburg I was fully defense yeah Yeah. so do you have any questions about high school hockey yeah so did well uh, going back a little bit did you always kind of have a like knack for hockey like did you pick it up quick or is it something like you had to like work on a lot or your brothers kind of pushed you yeah so I think Starting off with skating in general, um, my mom tells me the story all the time. <laughs> but I would go out there every two seconds. I'd s- the lady would pick me up and skate me over and say, she has to go to the bathroom. And <laughs> it would, like, the entire time. I probably skated for, like, two seconds the yeah. whole hour. Um, so I think skating-wise took a bit for me to get used to. Mm-hmm. But then after I got the hang of that, then I think it was really fun so that you could just 
get all of that competitiveness out there, and it was tons of fun for me. So yeah. I just stuck with it. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. And so then college hockey came, and, uh, you know, you were a standout in high school, and, uh, it, you know, you came to the conclusion that you did want to play in college, and you ended up at uh, Augsburg, but I understand that you – you know, easily you were very talented. You could have, you know, gone a lot of other places. But how did you end up at Augsburg? Uh, why did you end up at Augsburg? And then, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about your career there. But you were a defenseman, and you also led the team in scoring. So uh, you talked about that a bit. But uh, we'll get into your accolades in a second. But, yeah, tell us about Augsburg. How you got there? Yeah, so the coaches watched me at, I believe it was a tournament. And then later on it was like a fall prep league Um so at that point, it was my, I want to say the fall or like summerish going into my senior year. Um, it was kind of like up in the air. I was still not sure where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. I had no idea. Um, and back then, the commitment rules were they didn't have they weren't as strict as they are now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, now you have to be like a junior to commit to colleges. Right. But back then, people were committing like freshman sophomore eighth grade (laughs) so like by that time I was like slim pickings for your for your senior year but um I honestly it just kind of fell into my lap as to how Augsburg came about Mm -hmm. and I'm forever grateful it was like the best thing that could have ever happened to me um but when we visited I think being in the city but it's still a smaller school so you get that that community feel But you still, it's not, like, as big as the U, but the U's across the street, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just, I think it was the best of both worlds that you could kind of tie both of those things together. And it was just the best experience I could have ever had. Do you spend a lot of time at the U? No. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. I was going to ask, like, uh, because I think I read you had, like, a couple D1 schools looking at you. Did you ever, like, look back and be like, dang, I wish I would have, you know, done that or gone a different route yeah I mean there were a couple but um there were just some things that were going on that they were either too full or it was like you weren't gonna play maybe it was up in the air but when I talked to Augsburg they were like we're gonna have you play here like it, you'll have a great time and they really you could tell that it was more of a like a you team got a scholarship feel. too well I yeah. mean it's throughout the school yeah yeah, right, yeah but <laughs> yeah. no I mean they they wanted, you know, you. You were really yeah. very like you were gonna be their their top player, and you were. Yeah. You know, so that's incredible. And uh, so, tell us a little bit about I. You know, so you had your first season. Um, you know, started out maybe a little bit slow. I know you led in blocking shots, and then kind of from there you started to really just take off. And then at one point you were the leading scorer for your team. Um, you know, leading in you know, many, many categories for goal shorthanded, game-winning goals, and uh, you were the defenseman. So, like, you know, people always sometimes don't, uh, you know, put those two together. So how did you have that kind of career as a stay-at-home defenseman, a lot of success there, and then also being an incredible goal-scoring defenseman, and then it also led you to be an All-American? Yeah, so definitely have to give credit to my teammates for, especially there's a few of those power play goals or things like that, like, obviously – I'm not doing all that on my own. I'm <laughs> at the blue line, so obviously they're either screening the goalie, getting lanes open for me, things like that. Yep. But um, I used my – I think my speed was something that helped me a lot, so I would rush up the puck, and I don't I don't know. Yeah. Something – miracles happen. happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just, so wait, who – okay, just 
talk about wrestling. Who, who, like, who did you look up to um, at this point? And maybe, you know, there wasn't that kind of representation actually at that moment. But if there was, who did you look up to? Did you style your, you know, your play of, you know, after anybody or, you know, uh, who would you, who was your mentor that kind of taught you the game? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I never really had like one solid person. Um, but obviously a lot of, in general, I think the women's game, I looked up to all of them. I mean, I think every little kid wants to be an NHL player, an Olympian, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so looking up to all of those Olympians, I thought that was just the coolest thing ever. Um, but then I met Wayne Simmons one day with my mom and my brother. That's awesome. And it was it was especially cool because we got to skip school that day. That's <laughs> <laughs> who you remember. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wayne Simmons was like six five, yeah. five eight. I don't remember, but I missed school. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I thought that was just the coolest thing seeing him out there. He played for uh, the Kings at the time, and so it was such a cool experience. And I'll never forget meeting him there. But so. yeah. So, how did you end up, uh, like being? Like, the Mayak, like, how did you make out in the Mayak, right? The Mayak, you know, we know is in probably one of the best leagues that you could potentially play in for college. And, um, you know, Minnesota has incredibly diverse pool of talent in that a lot of those players, you know, um, like yourself, you know, just are more apt to want to stay around here, and they play in the Mayak. So, like, tell us a little bit about what that was playing, you know, playing there, the competition, what that was like, and then just, you know, um, maybe what it was like playing against people that you potentially had seen also playing in high school and, you know, become, you know, either playing with and then becoming rivals later on and a little bit of that banter. Yeah, so it was pretty fun because a lot of players in the Mayak, they'll stay here and play just because obviously they want to stay home. And especially for me, it was nice having my family be at almost every game. Um, so seeing people that you faced throughout high school and some of them you play with and, like you said, play against, um, it's kind of cool seeing everybody develop and grow and the Mayak is such a big competition now that it's not – back then it was, oh, D1, and if you're not D1, it's like, oh, I guess you'll play D3. And but, like, D3 is such a huge accomplishment, and it's just so competitive now that there's so many players out there that could probably go Division One, but they have more opportunities, they have more fun, they, like, they just want that feel at that D3 level, and that's just something that – is what they want rather than trying to go for a D1 school just to say that you're going D1 to right. say it, right? Yeah. It's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's competitive hockey. It's not, you know, yeah. high yeah. school <laughs> hockey anymore, yeah. right? Cause yeah. What would be like your – and you probably have a few, but, you know, what you know is one of the top memories that comes to mind just when you're thinking about playing in your, your college career? Yeah, oh, there's a ton of them. Um, but I think my my first biggest memory um, was my freshman year. We made it to the Mayak Championship that year, and we had a really good season throughout. Um, so we ended up playing, I think we were like the third seed. So we thought that we were going to be going somewhere away mm-hmm. um, for that championship game, but there was an upset. So we ended up being the home team. So we got nice. to play the championship at our home rink. Wow. And it was packed. Like, I've never seen that place <laughs> so packed for one of our games. So it was the coolest moment. Um, unfortunately, we lost in overtime. Mm-hmm. So that was a heartbreaker. But 
it was like that was the first big memory that I that I have and it was electric like it was so much fun to play in and right. yeah I'll never forget that now who are your I assume your family you said is coming to all the game who's like the loudest one who's going crazy <laughs> oh <laughs> gosh <laughs> So my mom, yes. <laughs> she isn't loud only because she takes pictures at the games. So she always says that she the main reason that she takes pictures is so she's not screaming around, in which I right. very much believe because <laughs> you watch her at a Vikings game at home and it is loud. That's crazy. <laughs> what is uh like? What is your mom mean to you and how everything you know like raising you and just being that kind of like strong you know woman strong black woman right like uh what what does cindy mean to you oh she means everything <laughs> to me um yeah so she's been my rock throughout my whole entire life um my dad was traveling most of the time so she was always the one staying at home um but she's still working now she has her own business like she is never taking no for an answer she is always putting her best foot forward making sure that like all of us kids had something driving us here and there even though she she'd work till midnight get up with us for school the next morning like she's the best and I can't thank her enough she was at all of my games probably from mites till college mm -hmm. um yeah she is best role model I could have asked for honestly That's yeah awesome. and uh yeah, incredible photos. Definitely check out Sinbad Media's photos. Uh, so, do you have a, you have a couple questions? Uh, no, that was kind of it for college. Yeah, college I mean, stuff. I just have, like, because you were such a standout, you were an All-American, um, again, you you led your team numerous years. Like, I mean, like, what does it take, um, in your mind, um, to succeed at the college level? Um, you know, maybe versus the high school level as well, again, where you're successful, but just, like, you know, like, what does that jump look like and, um, you know, um, was it tough and just what advice would you have you know for young women coming up that want to play high level college hockey and succeed yeah so definitely putting that work in off the ice throughout the summers um, throughout high school like honestly our team we didn't have like a strength program like some other schools big name schools they have like their own strength programs that they do right. throughout the summer things like that but back when I was in high school it was just kind of do things on your own mm -hmm. But after that, when I committed to Augsburg, um, it was actually Josh Levine with Fortis. We had connected, and I started working out with him, and we did a bunch of strength training, speed training, and that honestly boosted me up times a million. Mm -hmm. um, I became that much faster, that much stronger, and that's one thing that really helped me start playing right away in college is that you can actually play with these girls who are obviously, like, 22 versus 18 right like it's such a big difference but making sure that you're actually working throughout the whole summer you're not just going oh my gosh we have preseason starting in a month I better get going right. but it's throughout the whole year that you kind of have to really work and know what your goals are and especially like writing down those goals and trying to figure out what you want to do is really important because once you can finally achieve that you cross that off it's a great feeling so I, I did have one question about that. So we we have talked a lot about, like, your accomplishments and the success. Uh, at any point um, so far in your career, have you had any, like, setbacks or anything, you know, you had to kind of, you know, struggle through or push through to get to this point? Yeah, I mean, 
like anyone, it's that uh, mental struggle, I think, is the main for me. Um, even my college coaches, we talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm very hard on myself, and I have, like, that perfect mentality that if I mess up one time, then it's the end of the world. Right. And that's something that I'm still trying to get through this day. Mm-hmm. But I think that was probably probably throughout high school and college even now it's trying to figure out that making that mistake is okay and getting through it to put that past you obviously it's easier said than done but that's one of the main things is trying to get through that and making sure that I can flush things easily and get right back to it the next shift for sure so you were a um psych psychology man you were not a psychology you were a bio psychology major Mm -hmm. so What was that like? I mean, I don't. I couldn't even say it, say it right. So let alone <laughs> imagine the curriculum was probably pretty tough. Yeah, yeah. could you explain what that is? <laughs> I was wondering. Yeah, everyone always <laughs> overcomplicates it, but it's just biology and psychology combined, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's kind of how your your mind works with your body's like physical sense and kind of chemicals that are going on. Um, so I took a lot of those, just regular biology classes mixed with psychology didn't have to take plant biology, those boring <laughs> ones that I didn't want to do. Um, and then, yeah, so it was tons of fun. Mm-hmm. I actually really liked it as a major. That kind of, when I was looking to figure out what my major was at Augsburg, I don't know why, but that drew me right in. I was set there from the beginning. So, yeah. Did you always like science growing up and everything and biology? Yeah. Is that your jam back in yeah. elementary, high school, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. yeah, for some reason, I don't know, but... Uh, the history, social, st- that was not my thing at all. That yeah. My brother had to help me sometimes with that. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're opposite there. I'm, big, like, I'm like, oh, social studies, history, I can, I can uh, read that all day, all along. <laughs> no chance. Uh, so, okay, um, you know, that was incredible. Then you moved on from school, and you're now coaching, um, you know, a couple organizations. You coach with Fortis as well. Um, and then you are also um, going to be – uh, entering a nursing program at St. Kate's. Can you tell us kind of like what does coaching mean to you, um, you know, giving back, and then also kind of like what does it mean to be um, a representative for, you know, uh, again, young women coming forward? And I think of it as representative as like you are the complete package. Like here you are, you're an incredible hockey player, but then you also were, you know, a great student, and now you're moving, you know, into a society and you're you know, going to be nursing, you're going to be helping people that way. So, like, yeah, just, you know, what, uh, you know, is that like? And can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I think definitely how you mentioned nursing and helping people, um, that's just kind of something that's in me that I just love to do. And nursing and coaching, as you can see, it's kind of, kind of correlates together. Okay. But getting involved in coaching, so back right outside of high school, I started coaching with Josh and Fortis. Um, so I did mainly like the little kids, like squirts, mites, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then this past, the past two years, I coached at the Jefferson Girls Program. I did their high school team. I was one of the assistants. And then now I'm doing more of just Fortis stuff throughout the year. Um, and then I also do Minnesota Unbounded. Um, so it's kind of it's just so much fun seeing these girls and seeing them grow, seeing how much fun they have with their friends and just giving them those little bits of advice that they hang on to. Um, like I've had somebody at the 
my first year of coaching for high school, they had a piece of advice that I told them and they saved that from like to the banquet and they're like, I'll never forget this advice she told me. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. She probably doesn't even remember what it was (laughs) now, but I just thought at the time that that was so awesome. And seeing these kids, like their faces light up when they get on the ice, it's just so much fun. And I, I love seeing them grow not only on the ice, but off the ice. You just see like some of these kids, they'll start out in the beginning of the year, they're so shy and they're just like super timid on the ice. But then later on, you see them grow and they have all these friends with them. And it's, it's awesome. I yeah. love it. Uh, did you, was that, co- was coaching something you always thought about doing or is it something that kind of came up later? Yeah, so I think I kind of wanted to do it, but I, I, I don't really know where that ever started. Mm-hmm. But when I like... I think when I was younger and, like, babysitting, being around kids, it's just something that I love to be around them. And, right. Um, so when coaching was falling in my lap, then I kind of took it on. And I think coaching different programs, different levels, it's helped me grow as a person too because you have to figure out how to talk to different people and figure out their styles. And especially coaching high school, like game-wise, you have to figure out how you can talk and relate to these girls, especially being literally in their shoes as a Jefferson High Schooler. Mm-hmm. You can relate to them a lot easier, right. and you can kind of figure out how best to talk with them and figure out what you know what to help them with. So mm-hmm. it's tons of fun. That's awesome. So then you have also um, you're you're on the Sonnets, and that is um, a team with the PWHPA and. Uh, you can watch those games at um, cbssports.com and uh, CA. And just how did you end up in a space like that? I mean, so that is essentially professional hockey, right? It's a league that's being um, put together. It's four teams, uh, 25 players on each team. And then you play a semi-exhibition you know, style um, in Canada and United States and other places. And, uh, yeah, tell us more about that. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a great opportunity. Um, uh, my first year was last year, so they kind of had whoever could and was able to come play just because they're missing a lot of the Olympians that were off, which between Canada and the U.S. and other countries, that's a lot of skaters that they have to kind of fill in for. Um, but that mission is to kind of make sure that us women are able to play the sport that we love and get paid to do it and we don't have to sacrifice you know doing a nine to five and then oh I guess we'll play hockey over here too like these women are great hockey players and if we train have the opportunities and the resources then we're able to do the same thing right so I think it's it's an awesome mission and what they're striving to do and just being a part of it is so much fun Um, especially I always say this that if I play D3 hockey I'm just here to play you know Mm -hmm. um but I think it's just tons of fun learning from all these women that are out here um practicing with Olympians it's so much fun and it's just something that I always wanted to do but maybe growing up I didn't know if it was in the cards for me and now that I'm here I think I just am trying to make sure that I soak it all in and play as much as I can because I knew I'd regret not playing as long as I could when I'm older so sure. yeah and you're, you're kind of explaining to me off air uh 
you know, how it worked. Is it is it difficult? I know you talked about, you know, you training here kind of individually and then, you know, going somewhere else to play. Is that kind of change of pace and a little harder? Yeah, so it's it's different knowing that the girls that you are training with, you're going to be playing against in right. the next weekend, mm-hmm. and you might not know who you're playing with over the weekend. Yep. But um, I think later throughout the year, it'll obviously get a lot easier. But last year it was kind of up in the air too, just because numbers-wise it was hard. So I'm kind of used to that. Last year we had a few of similar things where there were new people coming on to our team. But, I mean, it's hockey. It's so much fun to play, and everybody's there for the same goal. So you just know that as long as you communicate out there and have fun, what can go wrong? Right, yep. That's pretty – you know, the names in that are honestly incredible, right? Like you're saying, you know, Olympians, and you had, like, you know, the, uh, Nurse and Lamaru and now her uh, married name, but um, and her sister, and, you know, all uh, just incredible, incredible, her twin, all these incredible people. Um, like, what is that like? Because I can imagine, right, like, you know, some of the names I just named off, there are some younger folk, but, like, there are older women who have, were definitely pioneers when we were, you know, moving up and everything in, like, the Olympics. And, like, what is it like to be in the same locker room space, you know, sharing with them? Yeah, it's so awesome. And especially a lot of these women, they started this whole league, so they kind of know what it takes to have started this thing from ground zero to where it is now. Um, I think that's what a lot of people don't really realize, that they put so much time and effort into it, and they're still putting so much time and effort into this to make it what they want. And that's just so important that – knowing that, like, what your goal is, and they're not stopping until they get there. But uh, seeing these names that you have looked up to when you were younger, it's just so cool. Um, You try not to get too involved into that when you're trying to get ready to go out on the ice. But uh, I think especially, like, talking to them, learning from them. Like, um, I'm not afraid to ask them questions as to what they like to do on the ice just to kind of help my game out and their – the nicest people in the world, and they're always there to help you out. Um, like you said, there are a lot of younger girls from my age to maybe a year or two younger that just got out of college up until whoever's been on the Olympic team since I was younger and I looked yeah. up to them. But it's just it's so much cool seeing everybody come together and watching everybody's different skills out on the ice. So awesome. It's like, so awesome. What is that like for, for you, though? I And I'm not – you know, I – it appears like you're selling yourself short because I, I checked out those rosters and I recognized almost every name <laughs> on there again. And then I see Nikki Nightingale, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're like, you are those people, right? And yeah. like, you will be, you know, 10, 15 years from now, right? These people, these little young women are like, I want to play like Nikki Nightingale. Like what, like, what does that mean? Like you made it, you know, to that kind of like level. I mean, so, you know, what is that like? Please tell us. I mean, I, <laughs> It's got to be incredible. Yeah, honestly, it's surreal. It's one of those things that I never really realized that, like I said earlier, that I was able to attain to be at this point, mm-hmm. um, especially, like, throughout high school to college. I always thought, like, okay, I'm a good player, but I'm, but there's always that person better. There's always that person better than me. Um, but just knowing that I'm amongst them, it's pretty cool, and I don't really think of it as, like, other people looking, oh, yeah, that's Nikki out there. Like, I just think, oh, I'm Plans, just here. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's honestly so much fun, and it's awesome being able to keep playing. I mean, I can't be more grateful than 
having this opportunity to keep playing as long as I can because there's a lot of people that don't get this chance. And so just trying to take in every moment I can. Yeah. What advice would you have for that 12-year-old Nikki who was switching over to girls hockey to avoid getting smacked around by the boys? Like, <laughs> you know, now are you at? Like, what, what, what kind of advice would you have had for yourself then? Yeah, definitely the, I mean, the sky's the limit and making sure that I'm actually putting in the work to achieve my goals. Because um, I think I always had in the back of my mind what goals I wanted and what I wanted to do when I was older. Um, but I never really knew how to get there. And I think, like, obviously, as a young kid, you're not going to have a map and a plan as to how you're going to reach that goal. But I think as I got older, it would be, it's just so important to have that figuring out what it takes to get there right. rather than just saying, oh, I want to do that. But, like, how am I going to get there? So I think that's kind of one of the most important things. Yeah. So you've always been one of the best players on the ice, and that's clear. But you are you are a woman of color. And, um, you know, have you ever felt, um, you know, that kind of prejudice at all in the rank? Maybe, you know, if, again, people aren't saying stuff, you know, those looks of like, oh, wow, like, you know, you got really kinky hair, like, you know, stuff like that, right? So, like, uh, what is that like? Um, you know, tell yeah. us a bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, throughout my entire life, I've probably had maybe one or two other minorities on the team. Um, but I think because I'm lighter skinned that it's easy in hockey for people to just be like, oh, like, yeah, whatever. It's easy for me to kind of just get through, right? right. Um, but there's always those little things that people say or they touch your hair and they try and trying to, like, relate to different things that you are experiencing, but they don't really kind of understand right. um or it's throughout the rinks me and my mom are walking out and they're kind of double taking oh oh they're here it's just yeah it's something that you kind of get used to you don't really kind of have you have to keep walking you can't really pay attention to it um because there's obviously those little things that people are saying throughout locker room sometimes that you it might be those at the time, you don't really think of as somebody being like, you're not going to second take as to what they're saying. But right. then all of a sudden you think back and you're like, oh, I don't know if they meant that the mm -hmm. way that they said it. But yeah. Yeah. Did you, yeah. Wow. Did you use those kind of things as like motivation? I know like when I was playing, you <laughs> someone call you a name or do, you know, give you a look and that kind of thing. I always kind of use that to like you know, use get a one up on them on the ice or whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There were uh, there were times where, I mean, I've had sometimes where people have said something or I didn't hear exactly what they said, but you can tell by their tone it wasn't nice. Right. Um, and there's a a certain drive in me that there's kind of two angers in me when I'm playing a game. If I'm angry with myself, I'm gonna be playing awful. Mm -hmm. But when something, when I hear something from somebody calling me a name or something, then uh, that anger kind of goes out onto the ice and there's, it's just all over for them because right. I'm going to be all over them. I'm going to make sure that they aren't going to get a goal. I, they aren't going to get a shot on that. Like, it's just, yeah. Yep. So yeah. definitely that, that drive in mm -hmm. me. Uh, Nikki, so we're going to let you go here, but... Uh, so what it, what is kind of next for you? So you're playing professional hockey. You're with the Sonics. So, you know, uh, you'll be doing that for a few years. Maybe you'll 
you know, go on to do a couple of other things. Like, I don't necessarily know what that plan is, but um, I do understand that um, at one point you've wanted to be a physician's assistant. Is that still the goal? Is it a different goal? What's maybe next for you after after hockey? Yeah, so I, throughout college, I found out what a physician assistant was, um, thought that's what I wanted to do. But to before you apply to school, you have to have a bunch of patient care hours. Gotcha. Um, so when I was doing my patient care hours, I got my EMT certification, and now I'm working in urgent care. Um, and I work alongside a bunch of nurses, and they kind of made me realize that that's more of what I wanted to do. Um, I work with some PAs as well, and I've just realized that I think nursing is the route for me, um, just because you can be an RN or you can go to nurse practitioner. There's a lot of different variety. Yeah. Um, so we'll see where that takes us. Um, starting nursing school probably in the spring. Um, still going to keep coaching, uh, maybe playing hockey. Honestly, I have no idea. We're just kind of playing it by ear. Um, I just know that I'm going to keep coaching through Fortis, Minnesota Unbounded. We're going to keep trying to get that going. Who knows what's next? Um, yeah, endless possibilities. Yeah. So Sounds I might like say a lot to juggle. Exactly. <laughs> I might say this now and there's going to be totally yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, to, yeah, we can get you back on. You can be, you can take our spot. Yeah. You should be doing. Oh yeah. Exactly. So, okay, well, cool. Thank you so much, and, uh, yeah, best of luck, and, you know, with everything that you're doing, and here with the Sonnets, and, um, you know, nursing school, and, uh, yeah, we can't wait to see all the success that you're going to have. Thank you so much again for being here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you, listeners, and uh, please tune in again next week. We have an exciting show. Please, please. Uh, We're so excited, and uh, please, if you know anybody um, that has a great hockey story, uh, send them over our way, and uh, we really appreciate it. Have a great one. Bye. Yeah. I can do what I wanna. 